Shall we all be seated? Let me first of all uh, welcome everyone to this uh, funeral service for Natalie. And it's wonderful that you could all uh, join us. Uh, my name's Richard. Uh, I'm the pastor of Billinghay Baptist Chapel, uh, where Natalie attended uh, regularly towards the end of her life. Uh, I'd just like to open in prayer before we sing our first hymn. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, it is good for us to be reminded this afternoon uh, that life is a gift from yourself. Uh, it belongs to you, and you give and take it when you think best. And so, Lord God, we do thank you for the life you gave Natalie, and we pray that you would use this time now uh, to teach us and to comfort us that we too may be able to face death with courage and even joy. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to sing our first hymn, and you'll see it on your service sheet. Our first hymn is for all the saints who from their labours rest, who to the world by faith their Lord confessed. Your name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Hallelujah. Let's stand to sing for all the saints.
Before uh, we pray and sing again, I would just like to read uh, from uh, Scripture, from the Bible. And we're going to read from 1 Thessalonians, Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 4, and verses 13 to 18. So it's 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And with these words in mind, let's come to God again in prayer. Lord God, we uh, thank you uh, so much for the wonderful words of comfort in these verses, uh, that those who follow you, uh, that those who trust in Christ uh, will conquer death. As he died and rose again, so we too, if we follow him, will die but rise again. And Father, we thank you also uh, for the words of the psalm which says, you heal the brokenhearted and you bind up their wounds. And we pray uh, that you would do that here this afternoon. Uh, Please comfort those who are grieving great loss. Uh, We pray especially uh, for Peter and for David and Jane and Valerie and all the family and the close friends who uh, are enduring such heartache. Uh, Please prove even now uh, how willing you are to hear the prayer of those who cry out to you sincerely. Uh, But even as we grieve, Father, we also thank you Uh, We thank you for enabling us to gather here today so that we can celebrate a life that was lived well, Uh, a life not lived in pride and self-sufficiency, not a life of waste and selfishness, uh, but one humbly given to you. Uh, We thank you for the years that you gave to Natalie and what she did with them. Uh, We thank you for all the joy and for all the smiles. We thank you that now her pain is over and she sees you face to face. So God, uh, we thank you for your love which is higher, deeper, wider and stronger than we can ever imagine. Uh, But please teach us that so that we might understand it more. You know all the questions we have. You know all the doubts and all the fears. Uh, Please help us to overcome these things even now that we might enjoy the peace and joy that Natalie herself had. 
We ask all these things, not because of us, because of anything good we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. We're going to sing again before uh, Peter, David and Jane come to give um, a tribute to Natalie. Um, I'm given to understand that this was a song that Natalie would often uh, sing uh, around the house. And we're going to to sing now, Happiness is to know the Saviour, living a life within his favour. Having a change in my behaviour, happiness is the Lord. So let's stand to sing. now uh, Peter, Natalie's husband, uh, and David, her son, and Jane, his wife, are coming to give a tribute to Natalie. Natalie and I first met over 34 years ago at a Friday evening group run by Littlehampton Baptist Church. Within a short time, we were seeing each other every day, and then within a few months, we got got engaged. Natalie was not like any other person I'd ever met. She was so lovely, always smiling, always happy and joyful, always ready for any kind of adventure. As a girl, she'd read the famous five, and she identified herself with Anne, the quieter of the four child characters. Natalie actually had a childlike faith, She had total trust in God and Jesus as her saviour. In all the time I knew her, she never doubted that God loved her and that she would go to be with Jesus when she died. In fact, with all the things she went through, she quite humbled me by her rock-like faith. Natalie also had a childlike joy in everything she did, as though it was the first time that she'd done anything. As an only child, she sometimes felt lonely, so she could empathise with any child that looked lonely or scared. She would get down on the floor and talk and play with them, 
In fact, she liked all children and animals, especially furry ones. When I picked up Natalie's personal effects from her work, I found a card that said, Never think hard about the past, it brings tears. Don't think more about the future, it brings fears. Live this moment with a smile, it brings cheers. God loves you. And that was Natalie. She did the hardest thing to do, and that is to live in the moment. She took one day at a time. Natalie knew God controlled the future, so she left that in his hands. And also it can be foolish looking too much into the past. In a way, she treated each day as her last day. Natalie collected things for something to do, but she was not interested in keeping possessions. She said to me, you can get rid of all this stuff, only you have to keep Big Ted. Big Ted was a blue teddy she'd been given as a young child. Big Ted spent quite a lot of time in hospital last year and became a bit of a celebrity. Natalie was not what you would call worldly. She was not interested in your job title, the car you drove, or the kind of house you lived in. She was just interested in you as a person and how you're feeling. She herself was very open and wore a heart on her sleeve. She was creative and always making things. She loved sewing and would make things like teddies to give to people for any kind of occasion or just to give away. You could write a lot about Natalie, and in fact, what I've written here would totally embarrass her. You see, she was not interested in glorifying herself, but in giving glory to God. To get a real feel for Natalie, where she's coming through, it's good to read her in her own words. When Natalie read a Bible, she would write down a verse and then write down what had come to her. One of her books, which I found um, written 14 years ago, she wrote the following. So first of all, Job 9, verse 33. If only there were a mediator who could bring us together, but there is none. And Natalie writes, Job spoke before Jesus had come into the world. Jesus is our mediator. He intervenes before God for our sins, so we can be saved and set free from them. Job looked forward to Jesus, but we can know him personally. Then she continues to write. In church this morning, three things came to me. There was a wasp buzzing around. The children were afraid of it, so Sandra killed it. Communion followed shortly, and I thought that I was like that wasp. I only thought of myself and could inflict pain on others, so I only deserved death. Yet God saw something lovely in me, so instead he opened the window and set me free. I was upset that Sandra killed that wasp, yet how much greater the death of God's son for me. It's my birthday tomorrow. As they took collection and prayed for it, they said, All things belong to God, and it's good to give something back. I was reminded that my presence ultimately come from him. It's because he chose to bless me that I can receive and enjoy them. Thirdly, Drew read from Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. I was reminded of a sheep on the hill this morning. 
We don't just go astray. Sometimes we lie down or enter into situations that are damaging to us. The sheep could not get up on its own. It needed a shepherd. And just as Peter helped it back on its feet, so God is there to help us back when we go wrong. Thank you, Lord, that you are my good shepherd. And she inserts, Peter bought me a sheep ornament for my birthday, which will help remind me. Then Job 10, verse 12, the 18th of second, 2008, 40, year, 40 years old. The verse says, you gave me life and showed me unfailing love. Then she writes, thank you, Lord, for 40 years, for all your blessings and the beauties around us. It's a glorious frosty morning and my heart rejoices in praising you, O Lord. And then Job 15, verse 11 which is probably for us. Is God's comfort too little for you? Is his gentle word not enough? Then she writes, Poor Job. While he was suffering, he found it hard to feel God's comfort. But God saw him through, and eventually things were returned to Job. When trials face us, we need to keep our eyes fixed on God. It will be tough, but in the end, he will see us through. I remember when I first arrived in the UK, I saw mom standing. standing waiting for me with a bunch of flowers, with a smile and, and hug me tight. <laughs> she had to travel all the way from Lincolnshire to Cardiff Airport just to see me. She treated me not only as a daughter-in-law, but, but, but as her own. She was so excited to spend time with me every time she visited us. She was so excited and she was always smiling when she saw us.
Yeah. I want to read this one for mommy. She was so excited to spend time with me every time she visited us. She was so excited and she always smiling when she saw us. She put so much effort into everything that she did for everyone, especially me. I still remember her happiness and laughter when we went to Tenby together, just me and her, for a day out. It was my first time to paddle on the beach here in the UK, and I was shocked by how cold the water was. We laughed so hard together. The first time I made cake and I used the gift that she bought for me for my birthday, she was so proud of me, even sharing pictures of the cake on Facebook. My relationship with mommy Natalie is so special. I'm so thankful to be part of her life and family. Even though I have only been in the UK for a short time, I feel I have known her all my life. In 2018, she came to visit me and my family in the Philippines. She said to me it was one of her favorite holidays. <laughs> and everyone there told me, with a, with, uh, told me what a genuine person she was. She was so sweet to everyone and she embraced everything she had, everything. She, she helped so many people in the Philippines, especially during the pandemic, which we always appreciated, to mom, I just want you to know how much I appreciate the love that you showed to me, my family and friends. I always be, I will always be so grateful to have you as my mother-in-law. You made me feel like I belong to this family from the beginning. You taught me so many things. You has inspired me to be a happier person. You will never be forgotten because you will always be in my heart. I will tell Cassie what a wonderful person, wonderful person you are. I will miss your hugs, smiles, and love together. You will be forever loved, Mommy Natalie.
My mum, as you will all know, was a, a wonderful woman. She had an amazing ability to make you feel as though you had known her for years and that she was one of your best friends, even after knowing her for a few hours. She was very kind and approachable. When I was growing up, she was like my best friend as well as my mother. What I think people loved about her was that she was so open and honest. She always told you how she felt and gave her honest opinion. I have so many fond memories, it is hard to think of one to share. But I remember how she was always in my corner and was ready to fight for me. I did love her very much, as we all did. I remember her there a few days after my daughter was born and how proud and happy she was to hold her granddaughter in her arms. And I'm very thankful that she had that opportunity. I know it feels like she's left us too soon, that she was taken from us. I know this because this is how I feel as well. But I remind myself of all the blessings and the good times we shared. That she got to see her granddaughter. That she was there for a christening. That she spent her last months doing the things she loved with her friends and family. She told my, my grandmother, her mother, shortly before she was diagnosed with cancer, that she really loved and was enjoying her life. And I know that she's in a better place. I'm sure she's smiling down on us all. We will never forget her, as she meant so much to us all. I will treasure the memories that I have, and I look forward to telling my granddaughter about her. About how kind she was, how friendly she was, how accepting she was. How she didn't care about who you were or what your background was. About how she would always seem to know the right thing to say in any situation. About how she could befriend anyone and make them feel good. About how obsessed she was with Star Wars, even wanting to become a Jedi. <laughs> Her love of photography and how she always wanted to take photos of us. How she was a fantastic mother, daughter, wife and granny. And how the world felt a little brighter when you were around her. She will be missed by us all, but I feel happy and blessed to have had her as my mother and to have spent many happy years with her. To my mum, I want to tell you that I love you and that I will always, and that I will treasure you for the rest of my life. Goodbye, mum, till I see you again. Thank you so much. David, Jane, and Peter. I'm going to stand to sing again now. You can see the next hymn on your service sheet. The hymn is I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. In very many ways, this is Natalie herself.
uh, speaking to us. So let's stand to sing now, I have decided to follow Jesus. must admit uh, that I feel uh, very inadequate uh, to speak uh, this afternoon. Uh, I know many of you uh, knew Natalie uh, for much longer than I did. Uh, you knew her much more deeply and uh, your grief is uh, much deeper than I can understand. Uh, so I don't intend to speak for very long. But I simply want to direct your attention uh, to the words of someone who understood grief, pain, and death much better than I do. And that is the Apostle Paul, uh, who wrote the letter we read from earlier. Uh, we read this first letter to the Thessalonians, which Paul wrote to a church, uh, obviously in Thessalonica. Now, Paul had been a religious man all his life. Uh, he was strictly religious. So religious, in fact, that he persecuted Christians who he considered to be a rogue sect that should be crushed. But that was until he met Jesus himself. And Jesus transformed his life. Uh, he forgave Paul's many sins, and Paul relinquished control of his own life out of his own hands 
into the hands of Jesus. Natalie, too, had had that, has had that experience. Uh, she, too, met Jesus. Uh, she was younger than Paul was when she met Jesus. Uh, her sins were perhaps less obvious than Paul's were, but they needed forgiving just the same. And the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to anyone and everyone who has, as we've just sung, decided to follow Jesus. And it's, it's wonderful to read this letter because you, you see that the problems that we have today are not new. Problems like grief, heartache, pain, loss. Uh, these are things which human beings have experienced for thousands of years. Uh, many things were different when this letter was written, but that wasn't. And that was the situation these Thessalonian Christians were in. Uh, they were experiencing great heartbreak because they had seen people in their congregation pass away. And they were feeling troubled by grief and anxiety and fear and all these feelings which come with loss. But Paul gives words of comfort. Uh, in verse 13, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no Hope. Hope's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, and if you can imagine uh, being a, a student about to sit an exam and you're not ready, you haven't prepared like you should, and you're trembling and anxious in that classroom before the exam papers are handed out, when suddenly the teacher comes in and they say, The exam's been cancelled. You will not have to sit the exam today. Suddenly, you have hope. Or imagine you're a soldier waiting to depart to go to war. And you have that horrible, dull, dead feeling in the pit of your stomach because you don't know if you're going to return. But then suddenly news comes. A treaty has been signed. The war is over suddenly you have hope again. Or perhaps you sit in the doctor's waiting room, awaiting results, and you're fearful of what the doctor will say. The doctor tells you you have a serious illness, but there's treatment, but there is a cure. Again, you have hope. And we all love hope. Uh, that's why so many songs and so many films uh, have been uh, made on the theme of hope. But the problem is, death so often seems to put to an end all hope, doesn't it? I mean, all those examples I gave uh, are how there is life and there is escape from death. But what hope can there be in death, this, this sight we see? doesn't seem hopeful. It seems hopeless. But Paul says no. Paul says it's not hopeless. 
We do not grieve, the believers he's writing to, to, do not grieve like those who have no hope. Paul's saying to them, you don't need to fear death. You don't need to fear for those who have gone on ahead, those who are trusting in Christ. There is hope beyond the grave because Christ has defeated death. There was once a father and a son driving in the countryside. And as they were driving along, suddenly the young boy screamed out in fear because a bee had been disturbed by the movement of the car and the young boy was terrified of bees. But his father, calmly with his left hand, reached out and grabbed the bee and gently squeezed. And the boy felt great relief. But then he cried out again because when his father released his hand, the bee was still alive and it was still buzzing around and the boy was still terrified. But his father said to him, don't be afraid. And he showed his son the palm of his hand and the boy saw a very small wound. And his father explained, you don't need to be afraid anymore. I've taken the bee's sting. It cannot hurt you anymore. That's exactly what Jesus did for all who follow him. Jesus took on death and he took away its sting. Now all of us, whether we admit it or not, uh, have a certain fear of death, don't we? Uh, None of us want to die. I think it was Woody Allen, the famous film director who said, it's not that I'm afraid to die, I just don't want to be there when it happens. And that's very much our attitude, isn't it? We perhaps might put death to the back of our minds, but none of us want to be there when it happens. And so many people, when they come to death, even if they haven't been religious in their life, if they haven't stepped foot in uh, any sort of religious building all their life, when they approach death, they call for a priest. They want to get things off their chest. They feel the guilt on their conscience. All their regrets pile into their minds. All the skeletons in their closet start to rattle. And people so often fear death. And the fear is real. That is a very real fear because we've all done things that we regret, don't we? We've all done things that we look back on and think, I wish I had never said that or done that. And these things can come to haunt us. And the reality is, often we should be ashamed of those things. And Jesus did not come to say, well, it's okay, we all make mistakes, nobody's perfect. No, Jesus came to say that our mistakes are actually more serious than we can ever imagine. But he came to take the penalty Jesus came to pay the price for us and to take the punishment we fear. Um, Death is still, of course, a sad reality, even for those who follow Christ. But its sting, our guilt, has been washed away. And Natalie knew she was a sinner, but she also knew her sin, her guilt, had been dealt with by Christ. But that's why she could have joy. Um, Many have testified already to 
Natalie smiles and the joy that we could all see in her. Uh, People in our congregation can testify of her peace and her joy even as the disease took a grip of her. Uh, How she comforted others who were grieving even when she was suffering so greatly herself. Uh, How she smiled when, humanly speaking, she had so many reasons not to smile. She had many excuses not to be happy. And yet she had a joy which shone through. Now I'm sure uh, there were days that that joy would be tested, and perhaps even fail. Uh, Natalie was not perfect. She had faults and failings like all of us. But what made the difference was that she knew she was forgiven. Uh, Natalie had her feet planted on a rock, a rock that even death cannot shake. And that rock was Christ. I don't know if you picked up on uh, what Paul, in the verses we read, uh, how he described death. Uh, He describes it as sleep. He says, those who have fallen asleep... And of course, we know the difference between death and sleep, don't we? Uh, Sleep is temporary, but death is final. And Paul is saying, for the person who follows Christ, like Natalie did, death is temporary. It's not final. In that sense, it is like sleep. Natalie is asleep right now, but she will awake one day. Meanwhile, she is with Christ. Uh, In the words of one preacher who wrote last century, uh, he said this, death is not to be more dreaded than sleep. It is a step, a moment, a passage across the bridge of sighs, a transition from darkness to light. That is all. No moment of unconsciousness or oblivion, the veil rent, the shell broken, the iron gateway passed, while the light and air of the eternal morning break. Death doesn't need to be a horror for those who are following in Christ's footsteps, because Christ himself went through death, and he rose again three days later. And Natalie, too, will rise again, because Jesus died and rose again. But, of course, the real heartache uh, belongs to those who are left. I know um, there are many here who have great grief, and uh, we've seen that this afternoon. Uh, They have to live with, we all have to live with uh, the reality that Natalie is no longer with us. But we can have hope too. We can have hope too because if we, like Natalie, follow Christ, then we too will see Natalie again. Uh, This isn't, to use the cliche, goodbye. It's au revoir, uh, until we meet again. Uh, That last hymn that we sang, uh, I'm sure Natalie would um, say herself, the last words of that last verse, will you decide now to follow Jesus? Because that's the only place of hope. No one else has conquered death. And nobody else else has battled death 
and won the victory. And if we follow him, we too can conquer death. Natalie found that road, and I know she would long that everyone here would find that road too. And for those of us who have, we can rejoice, because this is not the end. We will see Natalie again. And that's why we're going to close uh, by singing a hymn which gives comfort and hope to all those who have decided to follow Jesus. Particularly, look at verse 3, where it says, Be still, my soul, the hour is hastening on, when we shall be forever with the Lord, when disappointment, grief, and fear are gone, sorrow forgot, love's purest joys restored. Be still, my soul, when change and tears are past, all safe and blessed, we shall meet at last. So we'll stand to sing this hymn and we will remain standing uh, after we finished the hymn.
we'll just close with a final prayer. Then uh, after this, uh, the uh, coffin will leave to music, which the family has chosen, and the family will follow the coffin uh, to the uh, burial in Donington on Bain. And anyone is welcome to that. Um, but if you are unable to go to that, then don't feel you have to rush away uh, at the end. But I'll just close now with prayer. God of all grace, we thank you once again for the life of Natalie and all the memories uh, that we have of her. And we thank you for the assurance that Natalie belonged to you and belongs to you. And she is now with you and sees you face to face. And if we uh, have our hope where Natalie had her hope, uh, we will see her again. Uh, this is not the end. And we thank you so much for Jesus who made that possible. We pray all these things in his name. Amen.